It's River to River from Iowa Public Radio News. I'm Ben Kiefer. My guest this half hour is Congressman Dave Loebsack of Iowa's 2nd Congressional District. In April of 2019, Loebsack, a Democrat, announced he would not be seeking an eighth term. Congressman Dave Loebsack, Welcome to Rock Hard Caucus. I'm Justin. I'm here with... I'm going to do you one at a time. Everyone say hello after I say your name. I'm here with Chuck. Hi. I'm here with Evan. Hello. I'm here with Stella. Hey. We're all here. Uh, So... We had to start with a very upbeat opening because today's subject matter is deeply, deeply boring. <laughs> Before we get to the uh, the main subject, though, I do want to just say briefly at the top of the show, fuck State Senator Brad Zahn. What about Whiting? Isn't that the one well, guy? Well, him too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially fuck that guy. Yeah, well, let's, let's just say fuck. Uh, all of the state senate. <laughs> yeah. Just Actually, a I think Whiting might be a representative. I don't think he's a senator. I think that is correct, yes. Uh, I'm calling out Brad Zahn specifically because he is trying to bring back the death penalty in Iowa this yeah. week, which is... Capital punishment is they're, good. They're number one priority. Like, new yeah. legislative session, first thing they're going to do, try to bring back the death penalty. Yeah. You know what I didn't realize? I mean, I, I realized it, but I noticed that, like, no one's talking about it. No one's posting about it or getting angry about it. But, like, Donald Trump's not going to be president in, like, four days. And he just spent, like, the last month and a half just killing people that were on death row after reinstating yeah. the, the death yeah. penalty. Yeah. They've killed, like, more people in the past, like, three weeks Seven, than in yeah. the past, like, I think that six he decades said, or some shit. Yeah. I think, what it's was ridiculous. there, like, 14 people that... I mean, it started back in July. I know the guy that was most recently executed, I think just yesterday, for like this like triple homicide, like wasn't actually the murderer. He was just like driving the car that the shooter was in or something. Yeah, there's a bunch of shit. There's like people who were like disabled and shit. I don't so, yeah, know. I haven't been following it good. Yeah. Mostly. As but, yeah. the only woman on right now, I would say I would be remiss if I didn't talk about... Um, the only woman on death row who was executed yeah. as well. Yeah, and that was the first woman to be killed by the state in over 50 mm-hmm. years, I think. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Trump has done more for women and minorities than any other president during his term. <laughs> Quality is back, baby. The great equalizer. Yeah, death. <laughs> death at the hands of the state. Our favorite thing. What a great subject for me to bring up <laughs> right at the start. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Evan did mention uh, State Representative Whiting, who recently spoke on the floor of the legislature to uh, compare the D.C. Capitol riot thing with uh, Black Lives Matter protesters gathering outside of the Iowa State House a few months ago and saying he felt just as threatened. (laughs) He was holed up in his office counting bullets or something. He said something like that. Jesus Christ. And then in the context of the other incident that actually happened like a month ago where the uh, there was like a group of like four African-American girls in a car who were like getting into a confrontation with Trump supporters like at the Capitol in Des Moines. That was uh, 
when Trump had be- his Des Moines rally, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, it was mostly Trump supporters there. Mm-hmm. And like apparently they uh, were surrounded and they like backed into and scraped someone's car. And then this guy fired into their car. Yeah. Hitting one a 15-year-old, right? Yeah. Like there were like 14 and 15 and shit. Like this is like... For kids. children. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the article I read covering covering that story had a really excellent quote from someone in the audience who was like, I felt so much safer after he shot into that car of yeah. teenage girls. Yeah, the guy, oh, yeah. they talked to the guy man, whose car it? got, his pickup truck got scratched, and he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad he did it. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, this is just white supremacy. Yeah. No, we call that good old, you know, Iowa nice Midwestern values is what it is. <laughs> Okay, well, that's your brief news update. (laughs) Things are going super here in Iowa. But now we're going to look a little bit into the past and kind of uh, look at the the legacy of a great man. (laughs) Recently uh, retired U.S. Congressman Dave Loebsack. He had a, not a super long career, but a fairly long career mm-hmm. as Iowa's uh, federal representative in Congress, often the only Democrat from Iowa to be in the federal government. We're going to be talking about him, and uh, as I've alluded to already, he's not very exciting, but I think I've found enough information to talk about for us to, to maybe try to eke out some entertainment here. <laughs> lobe sack. Some juicy yep. lobe sack, lobe facts. <laughs> <laughs> So, before he went to Congress, he was a political science professor at Cornell College in Mount Vernon from 1982 until he started running for office, and that was in the 2006 election. So, he was a professor for a long time as well. Uh, I checked on RateMyProfessors.com, and (laughs) he's not on there at all. yes. No presence from Dave Loebsack. Hmm. Is 2006, is that before that that was like even a, a thing? I like, think did so. he end his academic career um, before that was even a thing? I think. He has to have. I think Rate My Professor started before that, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I would have thought that, like, you know, 2004, 2005 would be like a pretty peak time for RateMyProfessors.com. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Rate My Professor was launched in 1999. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's way earlier than I thought. Yeah. It was yeah. the first website on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> One yes. of the original five, we call it. <laughs> yeah, Dave Lobsack was a professor at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa, not the uh, much more famous Cornell University yeah. <laughs> in New York. <laughs> but Correct. yeah, Cornell is nice. I almost went there and probably should have. <laughs> they have a nice campus. Because it's so there's much a, closer uh, to Cedar Rapids. Mm-hmm. There's a disc golf course on their campus. It's uh, kind, it's of, a, kind of a ramshackle. Yeah, I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's fun. I played it a few times. And the campus is nice, too. Yeah. They have that big old big old church right in the middle of everything, or on top of the hill. Yeah, it's a pretty campus. It's, like, small yeah. and compact. And I went to college for kids there, too. Oh, no, I'm polishing the apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. A little smart boy. <laughs> so as for his electoral record, uh, it was his first time running for office in 2006, and he beat uh, Republican Jim Leach for the Iowa 2nd District seat. Uh, Leach was also in office for a long time. I don't remember how long exactly, but probably close to 20 years, if not more. Yeah. 
Anyone got any Jim Leach facts? I didn't do much research on him. The Honorable Jim Leach. I did zero research for this entire episode, so I wouldn't expect much from me at all. (laughs) I definitely don't even know who that is. (laughs) Okay, okay. (laughs) I met him once. Was he the one who renounced Trump? Or, God, which former Iowa representative? Uh, Yeah, I believe he has penned op-eds and, and such oh yeah yeah he is that's that's him he's kind of known as being he's kind of like a john mccain republican yeah. kind of guy he's iowa's john mccain with a he's iowa's john mccain yeah. <laughs> oh check this out so he he graduated from princeton in 1964 uh with an ab in politics after completing a senior thesis titled the right to revolt john locke contrasted with karl marx Ooh. <laughs> nice that's so spicy. he yeah. Uh, when he was a student at Princeton, he was a member of the Ivy Club, which is the oldest eating club at Princeton University. <laughs> uh, and he earned a Master of Arts degree in Soviet Studies from John Hopkins University in 1966. This was Jim Leach. This is uh, Jim Leach. Uh, yeah. Okay. A member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Iowa. And he also did later Soviet research at the London School of Economics, where he studied under... Leonard Shapiro, the foremost expert on Soviet affairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And Jim Leach apparently endorsed Obama, too, in 2008. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I guess mm-hmm. he's not a McCain guy, really. He worked for Rumsfeld, too, I guess, in mm-hmm. the 60s, back when he was a U.S. representative. Okay, so he had a long career, and he was ousted, he's a Marxist. He was ousted by a poli-sci professor in 2006, <laughs> <laughs> running for office for the first time. Uh, and then Loebsack also beat Marionette Miller Meeks twice in a row in 2008 and 2010. Uh, he then beat John Archer in 2012. Miller Meeks for a third time in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> Man, she is really uh, just an example in persistence. Yeah. Big yeah. old sack of L's she carries around <laughs> with her everywhere. Don't defer your dreams, man. <laughs> and then uh, Christopher Peters in 2016 and 2018. <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Peters, the old biolife doctor. That's right. Libertarian, yeah. Man, it puts the current like Iowa Second District to like race in perspective, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. Lobsack beat Miller makes three times, and then she just barely won on her fourth attempt for the same seat. You have to wonder, like, is it just people saw? I I think there's probably like a sizable percentage of people who. When they vote, they just pick the name that sounds most familiar to them in <laughs> races. And so, like, if you've seen that on your ballot, like, if you voted any time in the last, what, <laughs> like, 15 years, you've seen her name on the ballot. Yeah. You probably thought she was an incumbent. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, she was, yeah, destined to win just from name recognition over Rita Hart, who, as we <laughs> showed, basically didn't run a campaign. Yeah. yeah. Whoops. <laughs> I hate it when that happens to me. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of uh, super exciting redistricting information. Iowa's second district at the time that Loebsack was elected contained both Iowa City and Cedar Rapids. So at the time, there were five congressional districts in Iowa. And then after the 2010 census, they redrew the districts. We lost one. So now we've only got the four that we have now. I wonder if that's going to change again after the 2020 census. Uh, so when they redrew the second district, Lobsack lost Cedar Rapids but gained the Quad Cities, 
and he moved from Mount Vernon to Iowa City so that he could stay in his current district. And that's only important because I'm going to talk about Cedar Rapids a little bit later on. Yay, that's where I live. (laughs) Our favorite town. I know where that is. (laughs) (laughs) And to give a little bit of uh, perspective on Loebsack's influence over the Iowa caucus, the most important political event in the what kind of World. what kind of shadow is this sack casting? <laughs> so, <laughs> the first presidential election that took place while Loebsack was in office was 2008, and he endorsed Obama fairly early on. Reading the tea leaves, right? <laughs> he's a political professor, man. He's he's smart. That's he right. Knows, he knows where the wind's blowing. <laughs> so he called the shot and uh, paid off. And then, of course, he endorsed Obama again in 2012, because who didn't? 2016, who do we think he endorsed then? Mm, Gary Johnson. Maybe. Hillary. 100%. Yeah, it's Clinton. Yeah. He's, <laughs> this isn't the kind of guy who uh, would stick his neck out for a Bernie type. Although, again, there's some information later that, I don't know, points out some conflict in his ideology, I think. Well, I thought that all professors were super radical left wingers (laughs) especially a political science professor like isn't he just the instructor of like left-wing brainwashing come on yes (laughs) some birkenstock wearing latte sipping elitist hybrid car driving (laughs) i'm surprised he wasn't a a lincoln chafee head (laughs) (laughs) hell yeah and does anyone remember who he endorsed for the 2020 caucuses that's a better question Mike yeah. Bloomberg. <laughs> oh, God. Nah. I had to guess probably like Elizabeth Warren. No. Mm, no? Biden. No. Dave Loebsack endorsed Pete oh. Buttigieg. Oh, uh, okay. okay. Uh. Yeah, that's <laughs> dork. <laughs> Again, he was trying to read the tea leaves. but <laughs> He was like, we need more visibility for guys with silly last names. So, of course, he has yeah. my support. <laughs> yeah, he's like, we need youth. We need people who have enthusiasm and <laughs> energetic... <laughs> fan bases <laughs> unlike me <laughs> sack endorses butt <laughs> uh, oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> well if we go by what the officials say i mean he called it right in terms of the caucus all three times right oh that's true he did yeah Ooh. he's more accurate than the hamburger coffee bean caucus <laughs> at this point that's true <laughs> okay and for the rest of this sort of uh, retrospective on Dave Loebsack, I'm going to kind of use this uh, article that was published in the Quad City Times as kind of a, our guide. And this was uh, written by Tom Barton, published on December 27th of 2020. Representative Dave Loebsack looks back on 14 years in Congress. And I'll say that uh, Tom interviewed Dave over Zoom to write this article and he was kind enough to share the entire zoom interview as well as the (laughs) written piece and uh it's very 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 boring but i do have some audio clips from it that we'll listen to later on basically imagine somebody asking dave lobsack questions and dave saying uh 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 and then giving like a (laughs) kind of long-winded boring answer and then (laughs) and then the interviewer just says okay (laughs) <laughs> and then ask another question. <laughs> All right. 
In early November 2006, Sue Dvorsky stood in a large ballroom at the Hotel Vetro in Iowa City and watched late into the night in amazement as the final election returns trickled in. Uh, listeners may recall Sue Dvorsky as the author of a piece that we read on the show that was very much in favor of Kamala Harris's health care plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man whatever that was right yeah and i think at the time of Loebsack's election she may have been the party chair i know that she was the iowa democratic party chair at some point yeah yeah dave Loebsack, a relatively unknown political science professor from cornell college had just unseated an entrenched widely popular 30-year republican incumbent in what by all accounts was a long shot campaign Okay, 30 years Jim Leach was in that seat. It's yeah, a long time. They just preferred a lobe sack to a leech, like Stella said. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all about name recognition. The victory by the first-time candidate scored one of the biggest upsets nationally in an anti-Republican tide where Democrats took control of both the House of Representatives and the Senate after 12 years of Republican control. This is when the American public was finally turning on George W. Bush. Yeah. It was wild. Dvorsky, a longtime Democratic activist and former state <laughs> chairwoman of the Democratic Party from 2010 to 2013. So this was prior to her uh, term. When he and Terry, Loebsack's wife, walked through the door, the joint lit up. <laughs> <laughs> Democrats were going wild, politely clapping and nodding. <laughs> oh, God. After 14 years representing Southeast Iowa, Loebsack is retiring from Congress. The soon-to-be 68-year-old ends a career as an advocate for veterans, wind energy and biofuels, rural broadband expansion, affordable and quality health care, and access to quality education. <laughs> My favorite kind of health care. <laughs> the affordable and quality kind. Affordable and quality. Mm-hmm. Rural internet, though? That's that's some good shit. Yeah, yeah, I definitely am in favor of that. Obviously, I have mixed feelings about it, Loebsack told the Quad City Times in a recent interview of his looming retirement. Certainly, a part of me would still like to be a part of the action and doing what I can for my district. A man of action, that's what I'd call him. He's like a creative character in a like legislative video game. <laughs> He's like male one. a default character. Like all of these responses are basically like you press a direction on the pad to determine the answer. I was gonna say, so he says that certainly he wishes he was still in the action, but what's the other like why does he want to retire? Do you know, Justin? Like why is he getting out of the, the action? He kind of talks about it in like right now in what follows. Okay, okay. Loebsack said he intended to spend no more than twelve years in Congress. Initially planning to retire in twenty eighteen, he chose to seek another term following Republican President Donald Trump's election in twenty sixteen to provide, quote, a check on his worst excesses. <laughs> <laughs> Loebsack is who we said to do that? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and to help set the stage for a new Democratic president to be inaugurated in January. And yeah, he doesn't put it in writing here, but I remember from the video, Loebsack said like when he started, like when he first was elected, he was thinking 12 years would be just like the correct amount of time he doesn't really give any like specific reasons for that it's just like he decided 12 years was the arbitrary correct amount of time to serve <laughs> well he's showing you his uh commitment to duty you know because mm -hmm. he 
he just had to, you know, run again to stop Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) We are seeing that happen now, Loebsack said. So it's definitely time for me to go and step off the stage and have someone else do it. And that someone else is Marionette Miller Meeks. <laughs> <laughs> Dang, that's got a sting. <laughs> it's pretty funny, yeah. Both Democrats and Republicans interviewed by the Quad City Times praised Loebsack for his broad-minded, pragmatic approach of seeking bipartisan solutions to further area priorities and provide assistance to those in need. Difficult what to read. What did he do? Did he... Any piece of... Like, what? what is his record? <laughs> he's not the kind of partisan that alienates the other side, which is important. Yeah, he's ju- <laughs> he's the epitome of, like, democratic centrism. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you want to guess who that quote is from that I just read? Baked Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> Good guess. He's actually just arrested. <laughs> no, that was from Jim Leach, the Republican that he oh, nice. uh, beat in 2006. Ah. Dang, pretty mm. big of you, Jim Leach. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's a good man who represented the district thoughtfully. Yeah, so rhinos love him. <laughs> no hard feelings from <laughs> Jim Leach. <laughs> Loebsack often teamed with former Republican Illinois U.S. Representative Bobby Schilling, another man we've discussed on this program. He <laughs> <laughs> uh, switched his allegiances from Illinois to Iowa. Yep, <laughs> he ran in the primary against Miller Meeks. Uh, whose district bordered Loebsacks, and together they advocated for the Rock Island Arsenal and to obtain funding for construction of the new Interstate 74 bridge, which as of recording time, I believe is still unfinished. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys have been over there, but there's like two two bridges across the river in the Quad Cities. Yeah, there's a disc golf course right on the other side of one of them. Right, and one of those bridges has been like half done for several years, I believe. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I guess there's an incentive now because, yeah, there's, you can buy weed there now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. People keep taking it and ending up in the river. It's just like <laughs> extends halfway over the Mississippi. And... <laughs> like a cartoon. Yeah. Like they stop in midair and their feet are still going and then they fall straight down. <laughs> the wheels are still... T- they stick their head out the window to look down. Uh-oh. It's blood on your hands, Lobesack. Chilling. <laughs> the two collaborated frequently, even though... Wow, this is badly written. Sorry, let me start over. <laughs> so this is about Bobby Schilling and Dave Lobesack. The two collaborated frequently, even though the two seldom saw eye-to-eye beyond local projects, and despite their collaboration, ruffling feathers in their respective parties. <laughs> so, so as I was reading this, I was like, oh, they were ruffling feathers. I need to know more. But they don't get into that in this article, so I have to switch over here to another one, because I want to know about these ruffled feathers. <laughs> so here's another piece by the Quad City Times by Ed Tibbetts, uh, published in July of 2012. It's called Schilling Loebsack Collaboration Ruffles Some Feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Habitual fe- feather rufflers they are. Yeah. <laughs> It's not unusual these days to see reps Dave Loebsack and Bobby Schilling together. In fact, they're fairly frequent collaborators. Is this before Judd Apatow made unlikely bromances acceptable to the mainstream? (laughs) 
I believe I Love You Man came out a few years prior to this. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, America was primed, yes, but Iowa takes a few years for things to make it here from the coast. News travels slowly <laughs> around here. Yeah. <laughs> we were still pretty prejudiced against any male friendships at that time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, normalize male friendships. <laughs> uh, goes on to you know recount the the team up again. They're advocating for the Rock Island Arsenal, so uh, you know more more money for a military base. That's something they can agree on. The bridge construction, as mentioned already, and recently they've also talked about how they can work together to help open the Thompson Correctional Center. <laughs> oh man, great! Just <laughs> two. Two great men who can see beyond the partisan divide in order to fund the military and prisons. <laughs> Beautiful. And then it goes on to say that even before these two were in office, the people who held the same seats, Jim Leach and Lane Evans, who was a Democrat. So the, the seats are the same. The parties switched. But, you know, there's still like a, a an ongoing alliance between the two districts, regardless of whichever party is representing them. So even though they're saying it's like this uncommon thing and it ruffles some feathers, it's like, yeah, they're always like, it's for funding the military into prison. It's not like it's really going to yeah. be that much of an issue. Yeah, absolutely. If it's going to be like, I mean, prison is like a big economic fucking thing for rural communities. A lot of times it's like always build as like mm-hmm. a source of jobs and money influx. So like, yeah. To say nothing of all the jobs created to put up signs near the prison that say don't pick up hitchhikers. I mean. Yeah. (laughs) This is the coward's route through fucking Congress. Mm. (laughs) There's really not not too much else to say here, uh, but I I do want to include this little stinger from John Archer, who was running against Loebsack at the time. At the time of this writing, uh, John Archer was running against Loebsack and Sherry Bustos was running against Bobby Schilling. Uh, <laughs> just lots of fun uh, names again. <laughs> and Archer said, We're glad that Representative Schilling is helping Iowa families because, as Iowa's most ineffective congressman, Dave Loebsack clearly can't get the job Ooh. done. <laughs> Got his ass. Actually, let, let me be clear. This wasn't uh, John Archer himself. This was Brian Dumas, an advisor to Archer. <laughs> <laughs> so many good names. So many. It's back to back in this episode. <laughs> and I know Sherry Bustos is in Congress now. I don't know if this was the election that she took out Bobby Schilling, but she she eventually made it into that seat. Just like Miller makes. You just got to be determined. Okay, back to the original article about Loebsack's retirement. My top priority is to get Iowans back to work. I'm going to work with anyone who shares my goals. This is something Loebsack told the Times in 2012, again, about his uh, working relationship with Schilling. So it's just all about getting Iowans back to work. That sounds familiar. (laughs) I love working. (laughs) Me too. I just can't wait until I'm back to work. My number one priority (laughs) (laughs) Loebsack made the Rock Island Arsenal a focus of his work on the House Armed Services Committee and butted heads with House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and then House Democratic Caucus Chairman Rahm Emanuel to secure federal flood relief for Iowa in the wake of the devastating 2008 floods. 
And again, I read that and I was like, whoa, butted heads with Nancy Pelosi? Tell me more. <laughs> and uh, they did not tell me more. So I, again, I had to go to another source. Because <laughs> I, I want to know about Dave Lobsack butting heads with the leadership of his party because that seems so out of character for him. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I pulled up this piece from the Atumwa Courier. Is it titled Lobsack Butts Heads with <laughs> Pelosi and Emanuel? I wish it was uh, that funny. And that could just be a running bit, but not this time. (laughs) So by uh, Matt Milner for the Atama Courier in August of 2008, uh, vote on flood bill expected in September. So basically the story here is that Pelosi wanted to adjourn the House and they had not yet passed any flood relief after the 2008 flood here in Iowa. Mm -hmm. And Loebsack was like giving statements to the press and voting against adjourning congress where he said stuff like uh there were two adjournment votes last week and on each one i voted no i would rather have stayed there just absolute fire coming from dave (laughs) 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 but yeah he was pissed he i think he actually like took to the floor and said like we really should not be adjourning like my district is underwater it would be (laughs) it would be nice to pass (laughs) maybe some fema money before we go yeah that's uh honorable i guess you Mm -hmm. know yeah Mm -hmm. That was his first term, so he had a little more fire in his belly. That's true. He was like. he was a young firebrand. Still lots of tea. Still a very very sexy choice. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a balding guy. Did he have like hair back then? I don't think he ever has had hair. I think yeah, I don't in high school. <laughs> I don't think he's actually aged at all since he was first elected. He looks identical. Ah. Huh. So he's one of those Democrats made a, <laughs> made a certain deal, you know? Chuck, I thought at first you meant like he had like a really strong cup of like herbal tea <laughs> that day and he <laughs> just really got him riled up to refuse to allow the Congress to adjourn. <laughs> Leave it open to interpretation, I guess. <laughs> And again, this was 2008, so the first time Miller Meeks uh, was challenging him. Lobsack's challenger, Republican Dr. Marionette Miller Meeks of Ottumwa, has used the issue of federal assistance in her challenge to a series of debates. She proposed a string of 15 debates. God damn. (laughs) God. (laughs) One in each of the district's counties. Shit, we're just trying to get to know Marionette Miller Meeks. (laughs) Congressman Loebsack is part of the Democrat-controlled Congress that can't seem to find the time to approve flood relief for Iowans, Miller Meeks said. You know, I mean, I think that's a fair criticism. (laughs) And I pulled up another article. This is from (laughs) votesmart.org. And this is like a a press release from Marionette Miller Meeks in September of 2008. Opponent blasts Loebsack on flood response. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's tour of eastern Iowa flood damage only served to highlight the ineffectiveness of Democratic Representative Dave Loebsack in helping flood victims, his Republican challenger has charged. Sack blasted over flood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Miller Meeks said that rather than take prompt action, as Congress did after Hurricane Katrina hit New Orleans, the Democratic-controlled Congress has waited months now to do anything for Iowans who have suffered at least as much. Ooh. (laughs) I mean, the flood was bad. I don't know if it was Hurricane (laughs) Katrina bad. No. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) Uh, Three months is a long, long time for... Sorry. 
Three months is a long, long, long time for Nancy Pelosi to do something. Yeah, and there's it's mostly white people here, so I don't know what the holdup <laughs> is. Yeah, they're uh, they're foraging for supplies, not looting them, right? <laughs> <laughs> I believe she said long three times because she was saying three months is a long time, so she had to say long, long, long. And this is why, you know, she was such a contender in the elections that she ran against Dave Loebsack for that clever wordplay. Uh, Pelosi toured Iowa flood damage Monday with Loebsack and other Iowa Democrats three months after the worst natural disaster in Iowa history. Uh, she promised more aid for Iowa flood victims. Pelosi expects Congress to begin work on that aid next week. I think we've uh, beat the record for worst natural disaster, so that's cool. We certainly have. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. isn't it? The most costly storm in like American history at this point. It's something like that. Yeah. I've seen statements to that effect. I've seen Facebook posts about it, so factual. I'm sure that's accurate. Yep, they wiped out all that gold, that corn. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. that at last count, including obviously like the damage to like crops that would have been harvested and sold, the damage was around like like seven and a half billion or something. It's a lot of money, more it. than you can even <laughs> yeah. think about. Mm-hmm. In addition to questioning Loebsack's effectiveness, Miller Meeks wondered whether he's even relevant in the debate. <laughs> oh. Rather than be a leader on getting aid to Iowans, Miller Meeks said, Loebsack has chosen the go-along-to-get-along path of least <laughs> resistance so that the House leadership and its special interests will keep pouring money into his re-election campaign. Sack wants to give aids to Iowans. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Loebsack defended his record on flood aid, pointing out that Congress approved a $2.65 billion emergency supplemental appropriation on June 19th. And he said he voted against Congress adjourning for its August recess because he wanted to see more flood aid approved. Iowans need our help, and I am disappointed that Congress is looking to adjourn before passing a second disaster relief package, he said in late July. Again, pulling no punches, Dave Loebsack cuts the throats of his party leaders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the path of least resistance critique uh, does ring pretty uh, <laughs> true of him and, you know, to most Democratic politicians. Yeah. Uh, she also called him lackluster and lazy. <laughs> Ouch. Uh, says that Loebsack has gone AWOL, which uh, she specifies stands for absent without leadership. Oh, Ooh. so you had to just change it from what it actually means <laughs> to make it funny and clever. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just say that. You don't need to repurpose an acronym. Yeah, it already kind of worked. <laughs> he is a leader, and if he's like neglecting his duties, then you could you can say it without... <laughs> I like that she was almost a proto-Trump in assigning him these alliterative nicknames like Lazy Loebsack. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see anything nearly this mean when I was looking through like campaign ads earlier last year. Like she was really like... <laughs> yeah. Triple M. Yeah. Coming with the insults. Yeah. Going for the jugular. Going for the sack. (laughs) He has now devolved (laughs) to the level of a bureaucratic paper pusher, sending letters and pointing the blame elsewhere, even as damage estimates now top $7 (laughs) Hold on. Bureaucratic paper pusher. Isn't that his job? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there was one more thing that I pulled up on the subject, uh, like 
in the aftermath of the flood. This was in the West Branch Times. I'm really just going all over in the small town papers for this episode. (laughs) Deep research. This was by Gregory Norfleet for the West Branch Times in June of 2008. Uh, U.S. Rep. Dave Loebsack and State Rep. Jeff Kaufman. You guys know Jeff Kaufman, right? Yeah, he's the Iowa GOP head. Yeah, he feuded with uh, Jerry the King Lawler back in like the 70s. (laughs) Died of cancer. (laughs) Different Jeff Kaufman. Oh. Or different Kaufman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It could be the same one, actually. Now you think about it. Because a lot of people think you, that oh, <laughs> yeah. he never died, yeah. you know. Yeah, you never know. Has I anyone never... ever seen them in the same room? No, I don't think so. Yeah, Jeff Coffin, uh, total, total nut job, honestly. Yes. <laughs> Check out his tweets. Very fun. All right. They, together, they said they are pleased that partisanship is not playing a part in the flood relief efforts and both say that everyone seems to be doing everything they can to help victims recover from the 2008 flood. Do you remember the date of the flood? Because this was late June that this article came out. I told it was early June, right? This couldn't have been much. Mm, yeah, like that sounds too right. long after it actually happened. Yeah. Okay, Loebsack from Mount Vernon toured the second congressional district with President Bush on June nineteenth. Sack tours with Bush. <laughs> Bush accompanies Sack. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, this is my only contribution to this because I don't. I don't. That's the episode title oh right God, there. Yeah. We got it, baby. That's magic. <laughs> and then I really wanted to get to these these quotes from uh, our friend Dave, and this is about George W. Bush. He was really very good at expressing sympathy and concern and a desire to help Iowans. Well, he did better than Trump, so <laughs> true. <laughs> In retrospect, you know, maybe he was right. <laughs> Yes, just let's kidding. just keep rehabbing yeah. uh, Bush's image there, Evan. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we're <laughs> yeah. doing the work. Ellen. <laughs> uh, the U.S. congressman said that he was encouraged that Bush said he will do everything he can. Help us. <laughs> I think they missed a word <laughs> in the quote. Bush will do, quote, everything he can help us. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That could same be a direct with, quote, honestly. Same with Katrina, you know. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, this was like one of the last things in George W. Bush's presidency. Yeah, this was right at the end. Yeah, yeah, I remember he did a helicopter tour of the whole thing. Loebsack said the tour did not include Rochester, which is about 10 miles east of West Branch, but he and U.S. Senator Tom Harkin spoke with the president and found he was, quote, clearly well-briefed on the entire flooded area. He listened intently, Loebsack said. Absolutely gripping quotes from yeah. Congressman Dave Loebsack. <laughs> I love when elected leaders listen. <laughs> it's, it's my favorite thing for them to do. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when um, Bush was told that 9-11 had happened and he kind of sat sort of <laughs> shell-shocked in that children's classroom? I picture like that's him thinking or listening intently. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to remember where Iowa is when he's being briefed about it. <laughs> Okay, and now I'm going to uh, present you with the very first audio clip of today's episode. So, folks, if you're not familiar with Dave Loebsack's voice, I'm sure you had something in mind when I was reading his quotes, but uh, now you get to hear the real thing and see just how... (laughs) I hate to use the word gripping twice in a row, but, you know, he really draws you in with his incredible like <laughs> speaking ability uh he, he's wonderful here we go he's a born orator yeah here's a quote from him about uh 2008 and the flood 
yeah, that was a pretty tough time. Also, that at that time too, before we uh, uh, adjourned in August. Uh, remember, Pelosi was the was the speaker at that time in 2008. Um, she wanted us to adjourn, and uh, Braley and Boswell and I all objected and said, "No, we can't adjourn. We don't have any flood relief yet for our districts." And she got very angry. Rahm Emanuel, who was the, the caucus chairman, got very angry. I won't go into all the conversations we had or the nature of those conversations. Uh, they I mean, were I wish incredibly you contentious. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I had to stand up for uh, my district and I had to stand up for Iowa. And I took the lead on standing up. And uh, we, we were uh, uh, promised uh, that uh, there wouldn't necessarily be help if somehow that adjournment vote failed. And we voted against it, but we stood our ground. And um, a month after that or so, Nancy Pelosi was escorting Rayleigh, Boswell, and Lobsack around our congressional districts and talking about the aid that was going to be coming to our districts. Okay. Um. <laughs> like open disrespect. Yeah. yeah. Mm, okay. I was just imagining Rahm Emanuel and fucking Dave Lobsack getting in a fight. Like, oh my god, yeah. Emmanuel would fucking eviscerate him. <laughs> we give this act a lot of shit, but that is a very scary prospect. Because doesn't he oh, like yeah. send body parts and stuff to <laughs> people he gets into fights yeah, with? Yeah, I mean, he's a psycho. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, Dave's lucky he made it out of there. <laughs> it, there was almost like a hint of like an Obama cadence in some of that. Mm, maybe a whiff of it, yeah. Yeah, like Lopesack, you know, he, he took some some cues from somebody who was a much more engaging speaker than he is. <laughs> <laughs> Obama cadence is a recipe for success with uh, liberal millennials, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very soothing. Like Pete Buttigieg, I thought, obviously sounded quite a bit like him. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if he just sounded like some, where is he from, Indiana? Yeah, who, yeah. Obama? Uh, no, no, <laughs> no. Pete Buttigieg. Oh, yeah. 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 Indiana. South Bend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Obama was from Kenya. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know that. But no, just like, if you just sound like some dope from Indiana, I don't think he would have been, people he, People wouldn't have been nearly as excited about him. So it's good to copy Obama. It certainly helps. Mm-hmm. It can't hurt, <laughs> at least. Yeah, he, well, he was the most popular political figure in the country until this year, which yeah. uh, Trump replaced him. <laughs> which, <laughs> rightfully um, so. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I mean, everyone who's not Obama, who sort of adopts a similar cadence or, like, speaking style, like, they're definitely using it to, like, cover up that they're just kind of spewing, like, platitudes or nothing Mm -hmm. of real substance or meaning. Yeah. Same as Obama. uh, Right. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly empty. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Back to the original uh, article I was reading from the Quad City Times, our, our guide to Loeb Sack. Raised by a single mother in Sioux City who struggled with mental illness until she could no longer take care of him and his siblings on her own, Lobsack also fought to improve access to mental health services. Good. Get some uh, sympathetic stuff there. Also being uh, raised in Sioux City, I I feel connection to Mr. (laughs) Lobsack. When Lobsack was in fourth grade, the family moved in with his grandmother, who relied on Social Security survivors' benefits to put food on the table for him and his sibling. Lobsack also used survivor benefits to get through college. This, there's some interesting word choice there. Uh, put table on the food for him and his sibling. Put table on the food? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have fun editing that one. <laughs> yeah. 
when you're really poor, you don't put food on the table. You put table on the on the food to kind of squish it and make it like, <laughs> make it look yeah. like more. <laughs> yeah, make it look flatter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you put some hardtack under the table so it doesn't uh, tilt. Hardtack. <laughs> It's a personal story that he wove into his fights in Congress to keep in place the Affordable Care Act and oppose efforts to change Social Security and Medicaid benefits. Everyone, everyone remembers the Dave Loebsack personal stories that he wove into his uh, fights in Congress. This is the first time I've ever heard of any of this. Like, it honestly <laughs> makes him a lot more like relatable and sympathetic to, you know, hear his mom struggled with mental health stuff or. Yeah you know, that their family wasn't super well off. I've never heard any of this before now. <laughs> yeah, this was my first indication that he was ever a child. <laughs> yeah. yeah, first indication that he was like a human being. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Democrats, though, have been frustrated with Loebsack over the years for his centrist-leaning stances and not being more vocal for progressive causes like Medicare for All and the Green New Deal. He broke with the majority of his party in supporting construction of the Keystone oil pipeline. <laughs> yeah, the uh, <clears throat> notoriously popular Keystone oil pipeline. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. Yeah, that's uh, ridiculous <laughs> that he supported it. Like, what the hell? Yeah, uh, I have a quote here from him about that. Loebsack said his support for the pipeline was based on the tens of thousands of short-term jobs that would be created by the project. He's just trying to put people to work. <laughs> That's right. He's just trying to get Iowans back to work. It's not even. I, I mean, it didn't wasn't going to go through Iowa. <laughs> like, there's not even any reason. Yeah, like jobs in general, which is of course the only like you know justification for it. I guess mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. and this is a direct quote from him. And not all of the arguments that were put forth on the environmental side did I necessarily think were compelling. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> but I certainly understand them, he said. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? That's such an insulting way to fucking respond to yeah. anybody's concerns. Yeah. It's oil, like, bro. Fuck you, but I've considered it. <laughs> it's oil. It's you burn it. It causes safe. hydrocarbons to go in the atmosphere. Global warming. Yeah, well, that's not all scientists also. agree with that. Fucking wildlife <laughs> disrupted. Like, what the fuck? Does he? Well, he doesn't go into any specifics at all, does he? Not in this interview, no. God well, damn. animals don't pay taxes. Uh, animals don't <laughs> contribute to the infrastructure of this nation, so uh, we can do what we want with it. They don't even do it's the jobs. <laughs> no. Don't say that too loud. Biden might start. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't even consider that. I feel like that is something you you definitely say that when you don't understand something. Like, oh, no, 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 no. I understand, but... <laughs> I just don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I yeah. couldn't care yeah. less. I just don't care. Yeah. What is, uh, what is that quote that liberalism is just about bearing witness and never actually <laughs> about fixing any of it? It's like bearing witness <laughs> to suffering. I see you. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to shoot you with a water cannon. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> And then he follows that up with, so he's commenting on his vote in favor of the Keystone Pipeline construction. You know, looking back on that, I'm not proud of that vote by any means, <laughs> but it's one that I took. <laughs> <laughs> this, like I said, this is like a fucking I, playing a video game. <laughs> Incredible quote. <laughs> I I can sympathize with that, like <laughs> saying that when you're reflecting back on something. <laughs> he's doing the low charisma speed run. <laughs> okay i wanted to investigate a little bit uh because they 
they specifically pointed out that uh, Loebsack has not been, uh, you know, vocally in favor of Medicare for all. But I seemed to remember something about him and universal health care. So I decided to do a little bit of digging. This is from the New York Times, uh, November of 2006, uh, shortly after, like right after his uh, first election. So they interview like a lot of the uh, people who were just elected in the uh, 2006 midterm on the anti-Bush blue wave, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was, of course, one of them. Okay, so Dave Loebsack, a political science professor in Iowa who unseated the veteran Republican moderate, Representative Jim Leach, said he intended to sign on to proposed legislation to create a single-payer national health insurance program, quote, as one of the first things I will do when I get to Congress. Oh, wow. It really is fucked up that, like, in the like late 90s early 2000s like there were more people talking about or more democrat politicians like explicitly saying shit about single-payer health care i mean i guess maybe not with medicare for all but but he he says single-payer yeah yeah like it's been a thing like yeah romney care was after that even yeah i can't remember when romney care was a thing i want to say like the mid-2000s but yeah i don't know if that was like deemed as like you know being pretty successful and like a good way to shoehorn yourself in by uh saying we can do that too yeah (laughs) but yeah that's not even single payer though i mean that's like no but it's you know yeah well i mean i don't know it's health payer health care reform has been on the table since fucking nixon and so like obama (laughs) was definitely you know saying single payer at that time or at least right before the 2000 election he said that uh if he could design a system from scratch, he would do single payer. Right. But then said like, oh, but it might not be possible. Right. Which, well, if you don't actually try to get it, then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even a public option. <laughs> it was apparently important enough to Loebsack that he, you know, said it was going to be one of the first things he does. And he said that to the New York Times. So mm. a lot of people were going to read him saying that. <laughs> Like, I just mean, it's been, like, a popular fucking political issue for, like, years, decades. Right. And I checked into his, you know, record in terms of uh, co-sponsoring bills. Uh, House Resolution 676 was, like, the single-payer bill for a number of years. And he was a co-sponsor of that one in 2007 and 2009. Uh, Then he dropped out in 2011, 2013, 2015, and then he was back on board in 2017. So strangely, he was for it until the Affordable Care Act <laughs> came out. <laughs> and then uh, as soon as Trump was elected, he was back in favor of it. <laughs> hmm. And then House Resolution 1384, which is like the Medicare for all bill that actually uses the phrase Medicare for all. Uh, he did not co-sponsor that one when it was on the table in 2019. Yep. It's like you'll talk big until it becomes a point where like it really is like people are demanding it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it's like at that point that it's like, oh, like we can't do this. Yeah. They they all do that, though. Like he is, I think, the quintessential Democrat Yeah, <laughs> in many ways. <laughs> Someone who will, you know, espouse all these values or things that people desperately need and want and then once they're actually in power they don't give a yeah, fuck as they... soon as someone <laughs> says like oh but but people will 
uh, not be able to choose their healthcare. Like they'll not be able to choose their doctors anymore, or like you won't be able to keep your current health insurance plan on your employer with your employer. Then as soon as that actually happens, where like the actual substance of it becomes an actual topic, then it's like you run away from it. Right. Uh, and there was also um, Dennis Kucinich proposed an amendment to the ACA that would allow states to create their own single-payer systems. And to his credit, Lobsack did vote in favor of that amendment. So, I mean, for something that he seemed to be implying was very important to him, he was a little bit non-committal, as we've you know, been discussing. That's the course. Yeah. yeah. Especially perfect for Iowa. Like, do you think the uh, Democrats actually want to go through and actually impeach Trump? No. Joe <laughs> Biden does not want those problems. Joe Biden's whole thing is talking about working with the Republicans. Yeah. He's not going to work with the Republicans on COVID relief. Like, I mean, he wants to, but I'm saying, like, I don't know. It's crazy watching people get, I, I know this is a total topic change, but like, it's been crazy seeing people get like so invested in the impeachment shit where it's like, I'm sorry, it's not going to happen. And if it does, it might happen after he's out of office. But yeah, like, I mean, they're running out of time. Send me more money, and I will leave you alone for your yeah. first year in office, Joe. <laughs> the I Democrats say anything bad about you on the computer. Do not want the problems of actually successfully convicting Trump. <laughs> they do not want that problem. No, you're opening a Pandora's box. Not that box it would be a problem. That. It would be good, but like they they do not have the appetite. It's like the first impeachment. Anyway, how many strategists do you think that having him like lurking in the background? you know, is going to continue to, you know, more people voted not for Biden, but against Trump, right, in the last election. So. Yeah. Yeah. It would be smart for them to actually keep pursuing uh, consequences for Donald Trump, but yeah. they're going to back off of it as soon as you're out of office, which is what they planned all along. Yeah. By the time Justin edits this, he has a pretty fast turnaround. <laughs> so I was going to, like, I was wondering if this is going to come out before or after the inauguration, but definitely before, I would imagine. Yeah, I should have time to get it yeah. out before then. So leftist folk hero Biden will just be closer to becoming the president, and Tom Harkin will be restored to his <laughs> oh, rightful <yes>. place. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even talked about that. Okay, before we get you know too far off talking about other Iowa legends, we need to we need to continue <laughs> on with, with our evaluation it, of the Loeb yeah, Sack legacy. We need to give the man his due. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, they also mentioned uh, that Loeb Sack did not give uh, vocal support to the Green New Deal, so I wanted to dig into that a little bit. I grabbed an article here from the Des Moines Register. This came out in 2019. So this was like when the Green New Deal was first becoming a possibility or being talked about by any members of Congress. Um, oh, and this is by Aaron Calvin. <laughs> nice. Oh, nice. Hey, friend of the pod. Actual friend of the show. Yeah. Not <laughs> the usual friend of the show. Yes, not the <laughs> ironic use of the term. Uh, so Aaron got some quotes here from Iowa's delegation, where they stand on the Green New Deal. And here's what he got from Representative Lobsack. Finding bold solutions to combat the effects of climate change is a crucial task. You can tell right off the bat it's going to be a no, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course i am pleased that house democrats are finally taking steps after 10 years of inaction to address this urgent crisis okay getting a hint of that lobe sack fire again the embers are hot <laughs> while traveling across iowa i visited many farms schools and small businesses that are already leading the way in using and producing renewable energy 
we must develop a plan that makes sense for Iowa, (laughs) creates jobs here at home, and best addresses the dire effects of climate change. I look forward to participating in the upcoming hearings held by House committees and working with my colleagues to craft real solutions for what could be the defining issue of our time. Hmm. Wow. It doesn't seem like he addressed the Green New Deal at all. Wow. Interesting. (laughs) So, yeah, very noncommittal answer there. He wants all the cred, but not to actually fight for it. I mean, who doesn't? (laughs) I know. It's a very human failing. That's fine. I wonder, too, like, we were we just graduated from high school, right? I wonder how much of his, you know, the fire lit under his butt during the flood um, trying to get relief from Iowans was just because he probably had a huge volume of people yeah. trying to get him to do something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he represented a, a good portion of the flooded areas in Iowa. So it was, I mean, if he did nothing, like, he would have been toast because Marionette Miller Meeks was right on his tail. <laughs> yeah, she was roasting him. <laughs> and then uh, they also mentioned his support for the Keystone Pipeline. I wanted to get a little more info on that. I found two articles here. Here's another one from the Quad City Times, again by Ed Tibbetts in January 2015. Keystone gets lobe sack busto backing. So you got the sack and the bust supporting mm. the pipe. Supporting <laughs> oh, the pipe. Me, I was going to try Good to... God. <laughs> Nice job. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so Loebsack and Sherry Bustos, both Democrats, voted to authorize construction of the Keystone Pipeline, but it's not clear whether they will vote to override a veto from Obama. The House approved the authorization by a 266 to 153 margin. So most of the Democrats opposed it. 28 Democrats voted for it. So that places Loebsack in the bottom 28 of the (laughs) congressional (laughs) Democrats in 2015. And I got a statement direct from him about the Keystone Pipeline. Uh, This was, I I found this from the River Cities Reader, (laughs) and it says this is by (laughs) Grassley Press. So this, I guess, was coming through Chuck Grassley's office. All right, this is what Loebsack said at the time, like right after he voted for the pipeline. This is what he said about it. I have long subscribed to the belief that the best course of action regarding energy policy is to move from fossil fuels to renewable forms of energy as quickly and as feasibly as possible. I understand the concerns about the potential impact of the Keystone XL pipeline proposal. At the same time, any decision such as the one regarding Keystone is hardly a simple or easy one to make. Oh. I disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hard disagree. <laughs> uh, environmental concerns are important, but so are other factors. In my mind, one of the most important reasons is the infrastructure jobs that will be created due to the construction of the pipeline. I'm fully aware of the short-term nature of the 40,000-plus jobs that will be created by this project, but I cast my vote today in favor of creating these jobs that can't be shipped overseas and for the countless (laughs) hardworking men and women who put their hard hats on every morning so that they can put food on the table and table on the food and help their children (laughs) pay for college. They can't be shipped overseas for the three months that they exist. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. good point. (laughs) Uh, So if this is his 12-year plan, I don't know, maybe he had already decided to run again at this point, but like... I think he decided after Trump was elected. He was planning on 12 years at this point, I think. So like this is uh, your swan song is like, instead (laughs) of like taking a principled stand, if you're planning on not running again, like you fucking bend over. And it's 
probably just because, like, I don't know, a lot of Democrats vote against, like, actually good shit just because they're worried they're going to get attacked for it. Right. Like, mm-hmm. Dave Lopesack is trying to hurt Iowan workers and, like, you know, he's anti-jobs. Right. So, like, uh Let's not forget, he's still a baby boomer. Like, he's <laughs> <Yeah>. old. <laughs> he's always going to pick jobs over the environment. Yeah. And pitting labor against the environment is so, like, disingenuous. and yeah. Absolutely. Especially in the Green New Deal context. Like, yeah. that's a fucking stimulus program. A huge one. Yeah. Yeah. That's the point. That's why it's the New Deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And back to our guide here. Over the years, Loebsack developed an incredible knack for riding out red waves that sidelined other Democrats across the state, including spending part of his career as the lone Democrat in Iowa's six-member congressional delegation. The sack hangs alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's lonely at the top. Yeah. I think that's a good follow-up to what Evan was saying. Like, Loebsack developed an incredible knack for staying in office while... He was surrounded by Republicans, and it's because he voted for bad conservative shit. Yeah. <laughs> both sides. Gotta please them both. Mm-hmm. It's less to do with his ability to continue to be relevant, or, you right. know, it's more to do with the reddening of the state. Mm-hmm. Republican Chuck Grassley, Iowa's senior U.S. senator, who has become well known for. <laughs> What do you guys think? <laughs> uh, tweets For about you know the History what? Channel. Yeah. Windsor Heights Dairy Queen. Dairy Queen. Yeah. Uh, no, according to this, he's well known for visiting all 99 Iowa counties. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yes. That's Who old news. Any, I guess any news about Grassley is old news. <laughs> Can you imagine visiting all 99 Iowa counties? I would like to before I Just die, Just crisscrossing perhaps. the entirety of the state of Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd say Charles Grassley is pretty representative of, uh, you know, Iowans of his uh, age and, you know, stature. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you could find he a Chuck is. Grassley person in oh, every yeah. county in Iowa. Yeah, any county, <laughs> any any diner. Many really, of like, Yeah, you just go to the, uh, yeah. Sunday morning, you go to the Hy-Vee, and you go to the mm-hmm. uh, the buffet that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> or Pizza Ranch. Yeah. <sighs> How long do you think it would take you to visit 99 Iowa counties? Like, how many in a day do you think you could hit? And how many days would it take? Like, if you stop well, he, to, like, not too he long. still does something. it by horse and buggy, <laughs> which obviously you got to, you know, listen to the horse. See Perpetually how it's on the up. campaign trail. <laughs> does he do it all at once, the Grassley 99? Or does he, he must, like, try to spread it out over the year. I wonder if he goes like east to west, back and forth, or like north to south, up and down, just like creates a pattern across <laughs> Iowa visiting everyone in like two or three weeks. The nice thing about being a senator for as long as he has is you can try it different ways. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> that's it's that's true. how he gets his kicks. You can test out <laughs> test out different methods, see which one's most efficient. Keeps mm-hmm. him young. Which route is the best? He knows which Dairy Queens are, are the best <laughs> in the state for, uh, you know 100%. what. 100%. But definitely sounds like something that someone who came of age during the Depression would enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just got stacks of roadmaps on his desk and little pins in the, his favorite spots. <laughs> okay, but to your point, uh, they brought up Grassley because he praised Loebsack in a 2019 social media post in response to his announced retirement and you know grassley tweets are incredible like one one of the reasons the show exists honestly so i had to know did he tweet 
retirement what's that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i searched uh chuck grassley's twitter for the word lobe sack and one two three four only six times has he ever mentioned lobe sack on his <laughs> social media <laughs> uh, and the tweet that they're referring to here is as follows dave lobe sack announced he won't seek re-election there's no period here but it is the end of a sentence we may not always agree, but he's an outstanding public servant, plus, and that's the plus sign, has represented the 2nd District of Iowa well in Congress by working hard and keeping in touch back home. I consider him a friend and wish him well. And again, there was no uh, punctuation to separate those two sentences. Yeah, that's, yeah, sounds like Charles Grassley. As far yeah. as Grassley tweets go, I say uh, that's above average in terms of readability, uh, <laughs> <laughs> grammar. <laughs> <laughs> coherence he's my second favorite chuck after <laughs> our own Aww, yeah after chuck tingle <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm fine being number three on that list and then there's you know the other mentions of lobe sack are like pictures of them at various events in washington dc one of which though i sent you the picture of this uh this is from his Instagram. He says, I sat between Congressman Loebsack and King to keep the peace at the Iowa delegation breakfast this morning. <laughs> this was in 2015. And there's a photo attached. I actually, I tweeted this on the it's show It's so account. beautiful. It is incredible. Just a photo of Chuck Grassley sitting in between Steve King and Dave Loebsack. And Chuck and Dave look, you know, fairly happy. They're having a good time eating breakfast together. Steve King uh, looks furious. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure he's playing it up for the camera a little bit, but <laughs> there's no way that Steve King doesn't fucking feel that way about Luke yeah. He fucking hates him, I'm sure. <laughs> he looks like he's trying to make him burst into flames using just his mind, like yeah. telekinesis. All right. <laughs> Steve King just hates the impulse to moderate. He just he hates... <laughs> Hates Lobsack for it. He just hates to be reminded that Iowa City exists. Yeah, yeah. That too. Okay, there's there's not a whole lot more to this article, so I'm going to kind of uh, breeze through the rest of it. They did get quotes from former Democratic Party chairman Troy Price. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, he said Dave Lobsack was successful basically because he was constantly like a visible presence in different parts mm -hmm. of his district, uh, always always tried to paint himself as somebody who represents everyone, including the rural conservatives in his district, which I don't know. I mean, he was successful in elections, so maybe that's at least somewhat true. And uh, yeah, here's something, a quote from Price. It's a challenging district to represent in Washington, D.C. with the most liberal county in the state, in Johnson County, and some of the most conservative counties in rural parts of the district, as well as river counties trending away from being solidly Democratic counties and Scott County, a bellwether county. I don't know exactly what he's talking about there, but basically admitting that the Democrats are losing ground essentially everywhere, um, <laughs> and, and Lobsack was able to ride above that somehow. Um. Yeah, I don't know. rises to the top. There's something there. I can't... <laughs> would he have been able to beat Marionette Miller Meeks if he ran again? I mean, I would say probably. I would think so. Yeah, yeah. it was, yeah. Record, it was I mean... extremely close, and I think that his incumbent advantage would have definitely. He definitely would have beat 
Miller makes by more than six votes. So he no longer <laughs> cared about keeping a check on Trump because Trump could have easily won a second term, as we've all seen. Like, That's, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> all right, all right, Dave. In fact, his own district. It says here, uh, this district voted twice for Obama and twice for Trump yeah. <laughs> in the presidential elections. Ouch. Mm-hmm. The key to this, actually, you know what? We don't need to read any more quotes from this guy in this article because I have audio clips to get to, and that I think will paint a better picture of him than anything that's in writing here. So let me just play some audio clips for you. All right. If you must. I managed to get a fair amount of support from Republicans in my races. That's one of the things I mentioned about Rita Hart. You know, when she first announced, or when it was, I guess not when she first announced, it was right after the primary in June. She was unopposed. But, you know, her opponent came out of the box talking about Rita as a socialist and all the rest. Rita came out of the box talking about the 20 Republicans who were on her side uh, in this general election. Uh, that's the kind of thing, kind of support that I had too. Um, and, you know, it, it was difficult at times. There's no question when folks in Johnson County would ask me, why did you take that particular vote? You know, and I very upfront said, look, you know, my district is not just Johnson County. Um, I, I, I would love to be Joe Bolcom. I would love to be you know, some of these other representatives from Johnson County, but my district doesn't allow me to do that. Um, and they didn't like it, but that's, that was the nature of the district. And if I'm going to be a representative for the whole district, that's what I had to do. And I like to invoke Tom Harkin here. You know, he once said, heck, there are votes that I've taken that I didn't like either, you know, and that's, that's what you have to do as a representative. Oh my God. He's just such a backwards take on it where it's like, <laughs> I I have constituents and they disagree with me. It's like the idea of like, being like a strong advocate for things that might not be like already popular. Mm -hmm. Like the idea that you can change people's minds or like, even if you can't, they might respect you more. If you are someone who is like not afraid to stick their neck out for Mm -hmm. something they believe in. What were like, what Republican is ever wringing their hands worried about not representing their districts like more liberal viewpoints never happens absolutely yeah and also i want to point out that you know the whole district isn't johnson county that's true but johnson county is pretty much the reason you stayed in office so yeah asshole you you run up the score here (laughs) and that how dare you that makes up for your losses in the rural counties Mm. like you basically are iowa city's representative yeah (laughs) and yeah i mean obviously the that strategy worked out well for his, uh, the person who retained his legacy, Rita Hart. Uh, you know, she came out of the gate saying, 20 Republicans support me. All right. And it, you can see that it worked out for her. Yeah. <laughs> what a bummer. You, you know, as, as I've said before, I voted for Jim a number of times before I ran against him. <laughs> mm, um, nice. I just thought it was the, the, the right time in 2006 for a change. Um, oh, you voted for Jim Leach multiple times <laughs> prior to running against him? Oopsie. Hmm. Long history of voting for Republicans from Dave Loebsack. And one more from the his Quad City Times interview here. Uh, you know, when we passed the Affordable Care Act, that was, that was pretty amazing. Uh, oh, really? That was a, a really big deal, and nobody thought that could happen at that time. What, they had a 59-seat um, Senate majority? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Nobody, nobody thought that could happen. Nobody thought that a united government could actually pass, like, middling at best reform. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> And sell it like it's the fucking, the cure-all yeah. for and American he has, healthcare. He has the advantage of hindsight 
in this interview. Yeah. Like, this was recorded in December. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have a few more audio clips I want to play for you guys, and these ones are from an IPR interview that Loebsack did in October, uh, like late October, pretty close to the election. So this is before his seat was lost to the Republicans. Uh, this is from an episode of River to River. And oh, man, my favorite show. Ben Kiefer. <laughs> Oh, God, I love Ben Kiefer. He's my favorite. <laughs> I'm mean, just kidding. He sucks. <laughs> that show is the worst. Oh, come on. It's not as bad as uh, Talk of Iowa or whatever. Or no, what's Charity Nebby's program? She just makes my skin crawl. I don't know. She's so cloying. I'm going to have to edit all this out because, as you know, yeah. my whole purpose for doing this podcast is to land an IPR job. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you decide to retire from Congress? Well, I decided to retire at this time, uh, uh, two years later than I had planned uh, to, uh, uh, because, you know, I gave it another two years, and uh, I really do want to spend more time with my family. I know every politician says that uh, <laughs> when he or she decides to retire, but uh, that really is the case. The pandemic is getting in the way of that to some extent. Uh, uh, but, you know, 14 years is plenty of time, I think, to be in, in, in Congress. As I said, I was planning to go 12 years. Uh, I did not uh, ever really make that public, but that was what I was thinking uh, all along. I thought that'd be a good amount of time to serve. <clears throat> and then, uh, as I mentioned, then uh, when uh, I when I made my announcement, um, when Donald Trump got uh, elected president, uh, I decided that I should go another two terms to try to check his worst impulses. For another two years, I should say, one more term. So that brings us up to 2020. And, and now we've got a great candidate, Rita Hart. I'm doing what I can to get her elected. I think she's a perfect fit for the district, and I'm really happy she's running to take my place. You know, um, uh, uh, uh. Uh, it's kind of distracting sometimes. People, I've, I've heard people that are much worse at doing it, but anyone that's giving a long-winded statement that punctuates everything with an uh – it just cuts right through, and I can't focus on what they're saying. <laughs> I really can't. I just hear like the uhs, like like a snare drum or something. Yeah, they're pretty heavy in that clip. Mm-hmm. I think if your job is to be in the government and to be a politician, like that is something that you should work on. Is not like punctuating your language with filler like that. It is something right. you can fix. I under like. Everybody does it to some degree, but... That dude a shitload. Yeah, and since yeah. it's on my mind, since I, I mentioned that it seems like maybe he took some cues from Obama, Obama did the uh thing also. Yeah. This is more like a uh, 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 like it was, like, I don't know. It's, yeah. He would, he would get out, uh, he would get out a whole paragraph right. worth of uhs <laughs> in, like, a second and a half. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't bother me so much. Uh, I'm hoping that we're going to be able to improve the map <laughs> so that we know where we have... A good internet and where we don't that's something that makes that's sense important. to me we just had a, Hell yeah. a, a, a zoom a game or i should say a webex thing. hearing with uh, federal communications <laughs> commission members recently and um you know i said look you know let's uh let uh, people talk about let's just wear the damn mask you know for the uh, pandemic <laughs> oh you let's just the damn maps and uh, <laughs> the fcc is taking far too long to do that but the legislation i got passed mandates that they do it <laughs> Good little joke there from Dave. He kind of fucked it up by going, uh, 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 before we got it out. But. When you're on your way out, you can insert one swear in an interview <laughs> just to live a little. You deserve it. <laughs> Absolutely. As a treat. <laughs> 
Have you noticed the partisan divide worsening? Dumbass yeah. question. There's no question yeah. about that. I that haven't. doesn't mean that there isn't bipartisan <laughs> cooperation. And we've talked about this before. You know, unfortunately, and I'm not trying to blame all the news media by any means, but the, the old <laughs> saying, if it bleeds, it leads. You know, if there's conflict, then that's usually what gets reported. Oftentimes, more often than not, uh, when there's cooperation, we don't hear too much about it. But, you know, that's unfortunate. Um, I think it Isn't is worthy of a whole, of, like, of, news of, article and, about how it ruffled you know, feathers that, that you cooperated with My congressional with district is a district that demands that I work with the other right. side of the aisle, I believe. That's what we're demanding over here. We want you to vote with the Republicans, Dave. Yeah. Of course, Ben Kiefer asked him that question. <laughs> It's like the epitome of both sides, that, that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think I fucked up editing the next audio clip. It says it's 23 minutes long here, but <laughs> let, let me see if the part I wanted is at the beginning. Oh, God. I'm not going to play 23 minutes. Don't worry. <laughs> Support for IPR and this podcast comes. From- okay, no. <laughs> okay, we'll skip that one. Um, I labeled it loyal opposition. So what, uh, what Dave was saying there, I believe... Uh, he was talking about his hopes for the future of the Republican party after Trump. And he, uh, he has, you know, hopes that the Republicans can be uh, a loyal opposition in the future. Uh, <laughs> God damn. He's learned a lot from the past few years, as you can see. That's his, his poli sci degree <laughs> at work. I wonder if he even thought when he ran that he would win like the first time because he was such a long shot candidate. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he was just like, you know, in academia, I've talked the talk for so long. Maybe I should really get in, you know, it was like yeah. a class project basically <laughs> where he thought he would, he would run. And then to everyone's surprise. He, yeah. I mean, I think it's uh, just a case of striking when the iron's hot. I mean, George W. Bush was like getting super unpopular. <laughs> like he was yeah. like more unpopular than Trump is now at the end of his presidency. I think yeah. like he had like yeah. 25% approval ratings mm-hmm. near the end. I imagine a lot of poli sci professors probably have at least some ambition to do something like what he did. Oh yeah. I've got one more from him. In years past, we didn't even have to really address domestic threats. Of course, we had the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, That was certainly something we that was put it on our radar. But uh, this is an increasing threat, you see. There's no question about that. And we saw what happened in Michigan as well uh, with the uh, with the plot to kidnap and probably execute Gretchen Whitmer, the governor. Uh, I mean, this is very serious stuff. And uh, look, we have groups on the left as well, but clearly the FBI is. Has, has pointed to the, the, the right-wing nationalists as the primary threat on um, on the domestic front. Why would you have to both sides that? <laughs> I know. you have to. You have to. I know. <laughs> what the fuck, man? You don't... <sighs> no, this... I agree. It's frustrating, but you, you, you have to do that. Like, you can't act like you're going to be sympathetic towards that. What? Uh, I don't I, think you have what to. Does, what does post-congressional career Dave Loebsack have to gain from that, though? I mean, I guess technically he was yeah. still in office when this was recorded, but he doesn't any he doesn't have anything to gain. So you know that's what he truly. It's like thinks. talking about yeah, like left wing. Like, there's no left wing fantasy about overthrowing the government. Like, mm-hmm. there's are you sure? There's like the leftist the leftist <laughs> fantasy is like we're gonna like create our own like separate government, <laughs> like cooperatively or whatever. Like these people are have been plotting for fucking decades right i mean kiefer like the context that kiefer gave him did not even 
warrant a mention of like the Antifa <laughs> boogeyman, you know? Yeah. And Loeb's like just had to throw that in there just to make sure everyone knows like, Oh, don't worry. I, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still in the center on this issue. And the, the whole topic was like the Oklahoma city bombing, <laughs> the guys who kidnapped the Michigan governor. And of course this all predates what happened at the Capitol, but you know, it, I think it's relevant to the events that followed shortly after. Even when discussing the threat of right-wing violence, he has to make sure we remember there are groups on the left. Yeah, even the left-wing violence is a fucking result of the right-wing violence. Yeah. It's It's such a false equivalency. Any fucking sense to... I mean, I I get why he would say that, but it's just... It's dumb. Coward coward shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that's all the research I did on Dave Loebsack. Do you think that was... Uh, oh, thank God. God bless you. Yeah, Chuck's, <laughs> Chuck's yeah. about done. No, we can go for another hour and a half if you want. <laughs> another hour and a half. Sounds good. I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I think that was a, a decent overview of the man yeah. and his work. Yeah, I think so too. I've experienced the full range of human emotions. You know, there were a couple times I was like, oh, you know, he's harmless. And then other times, God fuck him <laughs> what a cocksucker <laughs> his harmlessness is harmful at times yeah <laughs> yeah he just reminds me of like a, I mean a politician <laughs> you know yeah. like yeah. Uh, someone who is just about advancing their career like it was like a lark for him to be like oh I could run for congress and have an actual chance to win and then like he proved it to himself but then that the end goal for him was just to get to congress and not to actually it was to attain that level of power, but not to actually use yeah. it for anything. Right, right. It's good or like passion. Anything you have passion about, like th- anything you really cares about. He's yeah. a completely passionless person. Yeah. Except These when it comes to fixing fish. the damn maps and expanding yeah. <laughs> rural broadband access. <laughs> that is really good. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I am in favor. Of that, <laughs> yeah. <but. laughs> yeah, I would love to be able to like work from home in like a rural area. Well, uh, look forward, listeners, to a, a similar treatment for recently departed Congressman Steve King, because he also had a fairly long congressional career. Uh, pretty big, uh, <laughs> I don't know, kind of a big deal that he lost his seat. A very unique mm-hmm. situation. Absolutely, so, yeah. He's definitely one known across the United States. He's Absolutely. what we in the Italian-American community like to call very spicy meatball (laughs) yeah i wonder what he's gonna do after his uh has he said anything i don't think so i mean he's been tweeting uh and he's you know crazy shit yeah yeah he's he's (laughs) i feel like he might have like a fucking media like he'll he'll just be like a fucking talking head on like fox news or i could see that yeah you'd think he'd be good even fox news isn't like i see him being like an alex jones type yeah you think he's too toxic for them even yeah i mean he's so bad yeah what america needs now is a more moderate alex jones i think (laughs) (laughs) joe rogan (laughs) (laughs) alex jones is like kind of pivoting again now that trump is leaving office yes Going back to his like Obama era, Alex Jones, <laughs> lovely, great. <laughs> Which I would consider a slightly more moderate Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I'll, I'll do a King episode uh, sometime soon. I, I, you know, we did lose another member of Congress uh, in this most recent election, but I, I don't think Finkenauer really had a long enough tenure 
to uh to do this kind of research on unfortunately yeah yeah rest in peace who knows maybe she'll be back maybe we'll maybe we'll have her on the show instead <laughs> oh yeah i don't think she's doing much right now yeah i mean i i don't think she should come on the show <laughs> but i it seems maybe attainable <laughs> <laughs> just ask her if she remembers me. We have like friends of friends, right? <laughs> sure, we yeah, and we strings. feel bad for her. It sucks to lose to fucking Ashley Hinson. <laughs> yeah. God damn. All right, well, that'll do it for today. You guys have any parting thoughts? Uh, uh, not really, no. Just I enjoyed making jokes about last names, so this episode <laughs> was a, a smorgasbord for me. Yeah, you have a lot of material to work with. Thank you, yeah. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs> May you have a legacy as strong as Dave Loebsack. <laughs> and may Rita Hart pick up the mantle. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could pray pray for that to happen. But uh, I don't know if your prayers will ever be answered. <laughs> may your prayers be answered and your sack stay full. Half on the sack, 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 half on the